Hello, my name is Samuel George London, and welcome to Comics for the Pandemic. Today's return guest is comic book writer and magical personality Mike Phillips, where I'll be asking him how his creative process has been during the pandemic and what comics he's been reading. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout out to our sponsor, the Comic Scene Comic Club. Available from just £5 a month or £30 a year, you can get monthly issues of the history of comics, Shift, Brawler and specials of Pat Mills' Space Warp. To find out more and subscribe to the Comic Club, visit comicscene.org. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, Mike Phillips. How's it going? It's going great, man. I'm glad to be back on the show. A hundred percent. It's always great to have return guests because we get to have a bit of a catch up and kind of see what you've been up to uh, since your last appearance. Um, but for, for anybody that hasn't come across your work just yet or listened to your previous episode, uh, what do you do in the world of comics? Um, I wear two hats. For a long time, um, I've been the editor-in-chief of a website called Sequart. Um, research and literacy organization, uh, sequart.org, that's S-E-Q-U-A-R-T.org, where we just kind of appreciate uh, the medium. Um, we've made uh, seven documentaries about comics, like on you know, Grant Morrison and Neil Gaiman and uh, Friedrich Wortham, um, a lot of topics. And we've published about 40 books about the world of comics. Um, but when I'm creating my own comics, I have two series. I co-created... Um, one that takes place in hell called Necropolitan uh, with my buddy Julian and artist Steve Leggy. And um, just recently I published my first solo writing comic yeah. called The Tessellation. I co-created that with Hernan Gonzalez and um, really, really Which excited. I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed it, by the way, Mike. Oh, I'm glad, I'm glad you liked it. Yeah, you did really, a great job. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, I'm really, really proud of it. it Took me about four years to to birth this thing. Uh, yeah, man, I can tell. <laughs> and uh, boy, yeah, I, I put every one of my OCD muscles into <laughs> into. Uh, I stretched them out as far as I could. Yeah, man. No, it's fantastic. Thank um, you. And and I'm trying to remember off the top of my head. Um, do we have a date for the the second issue? Um, I spent all, I'm, like I said, I'm pretty meticulous in OCD. So I spent all last summer um, kind of plotting it out, like on a huge like Google Doc. Um, and since then, I've, I've, you know, I'm a teacher. So I kind of like, I'm a weekend warrior when it comes to co- writing comics. So yeah. last year was nuts, obviously. So I didn't get a whole lot of scripting done. But this summer, I, I dove into it. And uh, I'd say I'm about halfway done the script for number two. So it should be in Hernan's hands, probably. I want to say kind of like maybe early November um, or December. Um, he's working with Julian, my co-creator on Necropolitan, on one of Julian's comics right now. So he doesn't really need me yet, so I've got a little time. Uh, but I- I'm getting there, and I'm having a blast doing it. Nice, man. That's fantastic. Um, and uh, and where can people find you online? I'm on Twitter. I mentioned Twitter to my students and they all giggle at me like I'm an old man now. So maybe, maybe I got to get a TikTok channel going, but yeah, that's the one, isn't it? <laughs> I'm on Twitter at Mike makes comics. Perfect. And uh, of course, uh, all of, all of Mike's links 
will be in the show notes as well as the the, the documentaries um, that you've made, which which I remember us discussing last time, um, which are just absolutely fantastic. So you definitely go check them out, folks. Yeah, um, we're really proud of them. You can find a lot of them like kind of like on streaming services. Uh, I know a couple are on Amazon Prime right now as well no absolutely fantastic mike um but uh yeah all of that aside um and uh of course you are a return guest so you've been through your apocalypse <laughs> yeah. um, but uh re- re- returning to reality and and we're only going through a pandemic <laughs> yeah we <can't, laughs> not, not, not quite the full-on apocalypse but it's, it's not even scared of apocalypses anymore now that the real world is so crazy yeah right exactly um and uh the first question that i like to ask guests on on their return is is how's your creative process been um during this time um it's sketchy um i I would love it if this was my full-time job but uh and in the summer it's great i don't take on a summer job luckily i'm very blessed to not have to do that um, so I really do kind of pretend I'm a writer in the summer. So it's been, the summer just ended. So I, I was very productive. I wake up and I kind of just, every morning I try to move a little farther in the script. Um, try to get, even if it's just one or two panels, um, the way the tessellation is set up, the second issue is set up, it's uh, told in decade chunks. Um, so we check in on the main character who is actually four different versions of her, uh, because it's multiverse is what I'm playing with here. Um, yeah. So every decade we check in with her and see where she's at. So writing these tiny little scenes every every four pages or so, I try to like squeeze two different scenes. So if I can just get one scene kind of done per day, or or you know after every couple of days, it's it's amazing. But in, in the school year, yeah, it's it's really it's really spotty. Plus, I do art stuff, so I'm editing a book right now about Christopher Nolan's uh, Batman trilogy. So I'm juggling a lot of that. So I try to like I try I I, ca- I get it where I can. You know what I mean? I get it in where I can. Um, but yeah, when the pandemic kicked in, there was, there was no real way to focus on creative endeavors for me. So it's just, it's really, it's really patchy. I'll, uh, I'll have a great week one week and the next week, there's just too much going on. I can't, you know, upload all of that wacky world building into my mind enough to really feel comfortable writing. Yeah, man. Um, and what's your, what's your usual writing process? Anyway, do you, do you outline first or do you just dive straight in? Yeah, um, I'm a meticulous. Uh, me and my wife have made a real like um, a real art out of making lists. There are just lists <laughs> everywhere. Yeah, a lot of it's just know. kind of like pie in the sky stuff you're hoping sure. to get done that may not get done for weeks or whatever, but we're listers. So yeah. I'm um, going to chop down that tree. I'm going to do that pavement. Yeah. I'm going to get those hooks up. I have, I, I, I always like, once I start crossing stuff off and I get to like, to like 70% done on the checklist, I kind of recreate a new one. So I think right. I have moved fixed garage light onto my seventh list now. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> so I love it. bird made a nest in it. I, he might've chopped through some wire. I don't even know what, I don't want to know, but it, <laughs> it's been haunting me. Um, so um, Julian does a lot of the scripting um, from the story that we kind of bounce back and forth on Necropolitan. So, I mean, he's a trained writer. He, you know, he went to college for that. And um, 
So that's not really a problem. We just kind of come up with the ideas and then he just kind of throws a first draft together and we move from there. But with the tessellation, I had to kind of figure out a way to do it on my own. And I thought, what better way to create an insane spreadsheet? <laughs> Each box is one panel. And um, so last summer, I really meticulously kind of set all that up so that when it's time to script, there's not a whole lot of thinking that needs to happen. I mean, maybe like positioning and clothing continuity and hair continuity might have to come into play a little bit when I script, but I feel like I did a lot of the heavy lifting with the outlining. The outline is just like a really kind of solid, here's what's happening in this scene, or here's some dialogue ideas. So when it comes to scripting, I plug all that into the script document and I kind of just um, embellish. Nice, man. That's fantastic. Um, and then, yeah, you say uh, kind of over the summer, you're looking at trying to get a scene um, done every day or two. Yeah. And really it is mental medicine. Like yeah. I like teaching. Um, I, I can't say that it's something I was, I grew up saying, I'm going to be a teacher one day, you know, it's, uh, it's kind of a, something I can do. I've always fancied myself a bit of a performer. And I think that's why the kids kind of enjoy my classes that I kind of just spaz out in front of them for 40 minutes. And I think that <laughs> that keeps them listening, you know, what's this wacko going to say next kind of thing, but it's yeah. not what my passion um, creating has always been my passion. I was in bands when I was younger and I play and I sing. Um, but once I got involved with Sequart, I've always thought, man, I, I, I want to write a story myself. And I, it finally kind of came to fruition thanks to Julian taking the plunge and making his own comics company called Martian Lit. And um, I just knew that if I ever had a good enough idea, I probably would get a green lit from one of my best buddies. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's what I, that's, that's what I want to do. So every morning, even if it's just one panel, I feel like I've, I've just kind of implanted a little mental medicine that like the rest of the day I can kind of walk around and take care of business and feel accomplished because I made something, you know, I made something today. And I, for some reason that just kind of goes a long way. Oh, a hundred percent, man. I feel the very same in actual fact. I, I, I finished the scripts yesterday um, and just the Cheers, accomplishment man. that you feel. Thanks dude. Um, and uh, yeah, the accomplishment that you feel um when you do reach there, I mean, every little step is like a little win, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. Like when you do get to the finish line, it's like, ah, oh, awesome. It was worth doing yeah. just that 20, 30 minutes that I did uh, like every week, every other weekend for like three months or something. <laughs> yeah, it is really, it's, it's, it's shocking because when you don't do it for a while, because there's just those lulls. And then when you do it again, only for me, there's lulls. And when you do it again, it's like, oh, man, I can't believe I haven't done the. I can't believe how good I feel. Why haven't I been doing this? You know, it's like, you know, when you meditate or exercise and you haven't done it for a while and you're like, God, why? Why did I ever stop? Yeah, it's exactly that, isn't it? Um, you always feel the benefit. I Like whenever I work out or whenever I go to work out, I'm always thinking, you know, I've never regretted a workout. And I guess the same goes for writing as well. I've, n I've never regretted writing, like sit sitting down and trying to focus and trying to create a scene yeah. in my head, you know. And um, you feel a lot better for it afterwards, don't you? Absolutely. Mental medicine. And I'm sure you were like, 
you, your baby's on the way. So you kind of felt like there was this yeah. little deadline. I'd better finish this now. Exactly. It was really a deadline. Like I've got to get <laughs> it done now because otherwise I'm just going to be on my ass like for the next yeah. couple of months. Absolutely. Like, You're going to be in the thick of it, man. You're not going <laughs> to uh, up is going to be down and black is going to be white and your sleep is going to be oh. wrecked. All over the shop, man. Yeah. yeah, my 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 eldest just started school as well, primary school, elementary school uh, for for US listeners, and mm-hmm. um, yeah, so that's a whole other ball game as well. The school run and after school stuff. Oh, and, oh my gosh, yeah, you know the school. Yep, yep. I'm a few years ahead of you, but it's amazing. It's the best and hardest thing ever. Yeah. You know, it's so rewarding, but it's so hard. Hundred percent, man. Hundred percent. Um, now, uh, putting the creative um, juices aside, um, how's how's your reading been through this past eighteen months? Also spotty, but I will say that when the summer starts to come to an end and you feel like you haven't done enough, I mean, I, the teachers out there will know what I mean. Like when your break is coming to, no one feels bad for teachers because we get a nice chunk of time off, but. When you start, I always kind of liken the summer break um, to like um, the weekend. Uh, We get out in the middle of June and I always picture that second half of June as a Friday night. And then July is like the Saturday, you know, no worries. You still got another day. You can kind of just lay back and, you know, get some stuff done, but relax a lot. And then when August rolls around, you're kind of in that Sunday mode. And, you know, the late August is like the Sunday night. And uh, you feel like, I mean, I haven't done enough reading. I haven't, I haven't read anything. So you kind of start cramming. I grab like seven books. I put them on like in my nightstand drawer and you just kind of feel, you start reading them all. You feel which one's going to like, you know, stick in your brain that you're going to get wrapped up in. So I grab my old Dragonlance uh, trilogy. I have an annotated version of the first Dragonlance trilogy chronicles. So I cracked that open. I grabbed, um, I don't know, another Dragonlance book. I grabbed, somebody handed me a book at the last day of school pretty cool uh, a novel called uh, the gone world um it's pretty pretty uh, cool concepts um i forget forget the author right now um but a bunch of novels but as far as comics go i haven't been reading a ton i will say though that anytime one of my like sequart buddies or someone who ever had their you know hands in sequart in some regard whenever they put out a book, I'm, I try to pay attention to that or donate to their Kickstarter. So I've been, you know, in the past month or so, I've been reading some stuff from a bunch of cool, you know, former Sequart alum kind of people like um, Marquisan Nazo and um, Ryan K. Lindsay and Patrick Meany, who's done a few of our, um, most of our documentaries. He's been the, the director and uh, Henry Barajas, who used to work for uh, Top Cow. So I've been reading some of their stuff lately. So uh, they are—they're all hitting it out of the park. It's pretty amazing. Hundred percent, man. That's fantastic. Um, and what what comics have you particularly enjoyed um, d- during this past year? Um, Marky San and his main collaborator, as far as I know, this is the guy he likes to work with um, the most. His name's Jason Muir. Um, they just came out with a new series uh, this year called By the Horns. It's, um, you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of like old school cross gen, but in the best way possible. Like they had such a mission with cross gen and like everything kind of had its own genre and they were kind of building up to this huge crossover. Um, I hope Marky San doesn't hear this and take that as a slight, 
because if he hates cross gen, I don't know. I loved cross gen. <laughs> I love shared universes. Um, I love kind of genre stuff. And this is like, um, it's kind of like, uh, it's just a fun fantasy story about a woman who she lost her, her, um, partner, I guess her husband. I don't know if they were married or what she lost. She lost her love. I think he was run over by a unicorn. <laughs> he got like stabbed with the horn. I don't know. Maybe he was trampled. So, yeah. And now all of a sudden she hates all unicorns and she's trying to assassinate them all. And oh, uh, it's just, I love that. The vision- I, again, my four year old is obsessed by unicorns. So I absolutely love that. It, <laughs> I'm going to get this one. <laughs> and honestly, the art by Jason is fantastic and the coloring is perfect. And maybe the coloring is making me feel cross gen. It's just so vibrant. Um, it's from Scout Comics and they've been putting out a lot of great stuff. Um, and she, um, I'm on issue three now and she, all of a sudden she's teamed up with two unicorns that she wanted to kill, but they helped save her life. And there's a floating eyeball, like a beholder kind of deal. But it's instead of like, didn't beholders like have a bunch of snake hair, like Medusa. I can't even remember. Oh no. A bunch of little eyes surrounding the big eye. Uh, but these are like more like veins, like arteries. And she's like, got this weird panther or Fox or whatever it is with, I can't even imagine, like, I, I describe half the stuff in this because it would take me forever. But, like, she has a team now, just kind of came together in the second issue. And now she's maybe going to let these unicorns live. I don't know where it's going, but it, the vision is so clear. I just complimented him the other day, Sam. And it's one of the best comics I've read in a long time because you can just, it feels like, you know, when you hear a song and the feel, when you hear that song, you're like, that song always has existed. It just one or like a movie or anything like it just feels instant classic to me. It feels like something that always has been there. Um, right. So I'm really excited about where this is going. And it was going to be a miniseries, but I think Scout liked it so much they decided to keep it going. They asked, I guess, Marcuson and Jason if they would turn it into an ongoing, and I'm sure they were like, "Hell yeah!" So it's an ongoing now. So I'm really happy for them. <clears throat> So that's so great when that happens, when you start off as a miniseries and it's so successful that, you know, um, the publisher and the fans, you know, want, want it to continue. So that's absolutely fun. Yeah, I guess they like the quote unquote pilot so much they ordered, <laughs> they ordered, yeah, right. oh, you know. Exactly, man. Exactly. And I guess that's, that's how um, a lot of ongoings, you know, happen. Yeah. Um, I mean, of course, there are some that are planned, but um, probably the majority, I'd say. Like it's kind of like, you know, just see how it goes. <laughs> type of thing. Yeah. And I'm, I think this one has a lot of longevity because it's fantasy, but it's got a little bit of tech. Um, yeah. And it just, it's a nice little mashup. And, uh, nice. and uh, it's, it's beautiful. I'm really happy for those guys. As far as Ryan K. Lindsay, this dude, he, I got to say, like, I remember reading the Dune, the six Dune books by Frank Herbert. And on every single page, there's always one sentence that is like, it just sends your mind in insane directions. It's almost like an inspiring line, or you could turn that line into a whole other story. There's always just one line on every page that is just so great. And I think that's Ryan K. Lindsay. He's just got this ability. He's so poetic with his, his scripting, uh, his dialogue, like on every single page, there's like a story prompt in a word balloon. You know what I mean? I could, I, I, I defy you to find a page that doesn't have some like prosy, purple prosy kind of pretty poetic sentence where you're like, man, I could just ponder this line and it could 
inspire me to want to create a drawing or, um, you know, a scene or a short story. He's just got this ability. He, I don't know how hard he works. This might come naturally to him. I think he does really, really work hard, though. And his dialogue is just kind of like daunting. It's like when you hear a band. Like, I remember when I heard Mars Volta or Radiohead for the first time. And you just go, I'm, why am I even trying to be in a band? I'm never going to be whatever that is. I can never accomplish that. Um, and when I read his stuff, it's kind of intimidating sometimes. It's like, this dude's the real deal. And he's put out some stuff lately. That's amazing. Going back to last year, there's a story, there's a book, I think it's a one shot called Skyscraper, where if anybody knows who I am and has read the Tessellation, who's listening to this right now, it's actually a pretty similar format where it's in rows, but it all takes place at this skyscraper. And you're reading the different rows are kind of like the different, um, like floors of this skyscraper. So he's definitely playing with the form in, the, in a similar way to I, what I, I do in the tessellation. Mine's each row is a different reality, but his is like different portions of this, you know, high rise skyscraper are having different things happen. And it's, it's a wild, wild, cool idea for a story. And once I heard about it, I'm like, Oh no, <laughs> that's what I'm doing in the tessellation. Like uh, this, this guy's always been one step ahead of me. Um, yeah. he's also done a book for, um, heavy metal recently. Um, I think it's a mini it's uh, called black beacon and that, and another one he's doing with black mask called Everfrost are two like just wild sci-fi comics. The art is awesome. Um, in, in, um, Everfrost, I, I feel like it almost reminds me of like the coloring they used to do in like the old school valiant books where it almost right. seems like watercolor, yeah. like painted in watercolor coloring. It's, 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 it just brings me back. It's, it's beautiful. Um, but yeah, those two are kind of have been coming out in tandem, I think, um, uh, from two, two different companies, but this guy just, he's Grant Morrison. Uh, you know, he's just, he's just got so many ideas on every page. It's just like, you have to read this stuff and not in a bad way. You have to read it a couple times to really, absorb it all you can't just kind of blow through one of ryan's sci-fi books or or the skyscraper thing the guy he's a legend in the making and i definitely would love to have the output this guy has totally man that's that's fantastic and i guess yeah that's all all credit to to ryan's writing that you have to revisit it again and again definitely like you fully comprehend everything I better call um, out the, the co-creators too. Um, his co-creator on yeah. Everfrost is uh, Sammy Cavella. Yes. Hope I'm saying that right. In Skyscraper, his co-creator is um, Mitch Collins, Mitchell Mitchell Collins. And in Black Beacon, it is I got this pulled up right here. It is um, Sebastian Perez Perez Perez. I don't know. I'm probably butchering it, which I do every school year to like half of my students. I say their name. They never let me live it down. (laughs) I'm also reading um, a book by Henry Barajas. Um, I I think I know he got a new job. I'm, 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 I'm blanking on where he is now, but he was working with top cow for years. Um, but he just came out with a new series uh, recently from Top Cow called Helm Gray Helm Gray Castle, and it is a cool book. It um it takes place in kind of like a magical Aztec Mexico, 
like Mesoamerican. It's, it uses a lot of the Aztec uh, history, but it, it layers on top of it an RPG. It's like a Dungeons and Dragons that takes place in Aztecs in Aztec Mexico. Um, it's it's it and there's a lot of cool things about it. Like he'll you know how like in the old old school like Marvel where the editor would chime in with a cheeky thing like in the box. You know what I mean? Like there'd be a narration box where they said, "Oh, you missed that cool thing last ish," or in 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 issue three forty seven you saw that rascal doing X Y Z. Remember that kind of stuff. Sure. He's done, he does a lot of that in this book and he even gives like um uh li- like um language lessons. I guess back in the day in Mesoamerica or at least in Aztec territories, they spoke a language that I'm going to brutalize again called Nahuatl, I think, something like that. It was oh, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nahua people. And like every once in a while you'll just get like a little like um a little language lesson where, you know, there's pork, he tells you how to say pork invaders killers magicians but what's even better about this series is that i only have the first two issues um but in the back of both is an rpg uh adventure cool in the first issue it's like a 30 page write-up with there's a map there's 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 uh creatures with hit points and all of like you know dexterity constitution like it's got everything a script for the dm to read while they're running the game so he's like building this world in story but also in rpg format as well he i don't think he writes the rpgs he has someone else do that but it's just a really clever thing i don't know if henry invented that um to throw an rpg uh, adventure in the back of issues, but um, it's a really clever thing to do. So that's a nice bonus there. Really cool. And oh, yeah, I just saw. So he he moved from Top Cow to Oni Press. Oni, that's what it is. Yeah. Okay. Oni. Oni. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He's moving on up, man. He's he's really doing. He's making some waves. He like helped us with a couple of our movies back in the day, and it's really awesome to see him. You know, just kind of kill it in in the comics uh, business. He's a really nice guy. He even gave me a couple pointers on Tessellation number one. He like, he read it. I don't even know, probably three years ago at this point. Um, so he's, he's been a, a good buddy. Um, I think we go back all the way to like, I don't know, San Diego comic-con like 2013 or something. So he's been in the mix for a while. So I'm really happy that he's kicking some major butt in the comics world. <laughs> That's no, fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. Um, and then was it? Was there anything else that you've been? There's one uh, more. Producing? Yeah. Um, the guy who directed a bunch of our Sequart docs. He. Um, this isn't his first comic series, but he's working with Image uh, right now. I think this is also Top Cow. It's called Siphon, right. and he co-created it with um, Mosin Ashraf. <laughs> I hope I'm not saying that wrong. Mosin Ashraf. Um, this is a cool one. Um, I like this because it deals with empathy, which I think is very lacking <laughs> in the world. Sure, <laughs> so this character, um, he, I don't know. I think it's some, one of those things where it's passed down through the generations and he's just the next avatar of it. But somebody gives him this ability where he can absorb pain. Um, and this really hits close to home because I feel like my wife is like an, an empath in certain ways. I think right. she was just blessed and or cursed with the ability to really worry about how other people are doing and feeling. And uh, sometimes it can really affect her. Um, 
So to see a comic about a character who has like a crazy power where they actually absorb someone else's pain, but then can turn around and use it as a power, it's uh, a fascinating concept. Um, so I think the whole miniseries is done. Um, I read the first issue and the art is gorgeous. Uh, and, uh, oh, I don't think I called out the co-creator of Helm Grey Castle. Let me do that real fast. That is Brian Valenza. Um, but anyway, um, getting back to Siphon, it's, it's beautiful to look at and I don't know. It's kind of like a nice origin. It's like your typical Marvel origin kind of deal where, you know, you're meeting this person who's down to earth. They're, they're a paramedic. I don't know if there's a different name for them in, in uh, the UK, but that's that's the same one. Okay. So yeah. And he just kind of, he's already dealing with pain. So he's a great candidate for this kind of thing. He's just on the street dealing with people's pain every night. And then, so maybe that's why this ability is passed on to him. Um, so it's, and it's a nice kind of like the first issue is just a nice kind of marvel origin. It's all like, it's, you know, tied up with a nice bow. So I, I, I'm excited to see where this is going to go. Um, this definitely feels like it could be a movie. So maybe Patrick will direct it. Who knows? But, um, yeah, so a lot of cool things coming out of people who have in some way, shape or form helped Sequart be, be what it is. That's awesome, man. Um, and just, it feels like there's so many connections here as well to all of these creators. That's, uh, that's really nice. And it show, shows how social the community is. Yeah. I mean, all of this, I, mean, I might've mentioned this the last time I was on your show. Like a lot of this started just at conventions, like Sequart was nothing. And then we started doing conventions and you just meet people and someone introduces you to somebody else. And like Patrick, he's just like, someone said, Oh, you gotta meet this guy. He, you know, he has this blog about the invisibles because we had just put out the Grant Morrison, the early years book. And someone's like, Oh, you love Grant Morrison. You gotta meet this guy. So he comes over and he's like, I want to do a book on the invisibles. I want to turn this blog into a book. And then he's like, I also, I I'm, I'm going to Wesleyan for film, Wesleyan university for film. And, um, I'd love to interview Grant on camera. Maybe we can make a YouTube commercial about the Invisibles book. We greenlit the book. And and he's like, maybe I can interview him. And that turned into a whole documentary. And then things just kept snowballing from there. And, you know, you, you, you get out there and people, you know, introduce you to someone else. And that's how all of this happened. I mean, Ryan K. Lindsay did a Daredevil anthology for us. He was the editor. Um, Marcusan did a, a podcast for Sequart um, where he would interview um, people in the, in the business. And Henry was, I think, helping Patrick on a couple of our documentaries. It's just, it's great to see all these people out there just doing it and they're inspiring me to do it. And, uh, it's pretty cool. That's awesome, man. That's so cool. Um, and, uh, yeah, apart from, uh, the tessellation, uh, do you have any other projects coming up? And of course, Sequart, but no, actually, um, uh, issue three of Necropolitan is getting colored right now. Um, I'm, okay. I'm thinking it'll be out before the end of the year, and that wraps up the first storyline. Um, I can't wait nice. to get to the second storyline. Um, it deals with uh, – uh, we introduced the Roman clan. I mean, just to remind your audience uh, or tell your audience, it's uh, basically – it's just all of history's worst people who have died, who are now in hell – uh, and they've kind of clanned together into different clans. It's like Game of Thrones kind of with a little bit of um, Gangs of New York-ish. Um, yeah. 
mixed with Highlander because they all get these halos when they're born into hell. They get branded with this halo, and that's the source of their power. Um, so there's a lot of scalping going on. So once you scalp somebody, you get their power kind of Highlander style. So we introduce the Roman clan in the first issue, and we start to learn about Robespierre's clan in the, in the third issue. But I'm really excited about the second arc because we start to meet um, the techno wizards that live out in the mountains outside of the main city, which is called um, Pandemonium. Nice. And in this clan, uh, eventually it'll be um, Thomas Edison and Aleister Crowley and Henry Ford and uh, John Parsons Whiteside. And wow. they're doing some wacky stuff. And they're eventually going to have a, a, a big throwdown with Genghis Khan's warrior clan. It's just so much fun <laughs> to make this thing. Wild. This idea started in like 2013. So the issue didn't come out until like 2017. And then issue two came out in 2019. So whenever Julian has a chance, I mean, he's, he's publishing his own Martian comics universe. He's already like put out like, 30 issues of his own shared universe of like four or five titles. But whenever he has a sliver of time between publishing Sequart books and doing that, he helps me make another one of these issues. And uh, finally, you know, we have a 50-page finale to this first arc um, so that I can't wait to get uh, Steve uh, drawing the second arc because it's just, it's just, this. it's so fun. Like Thomas Edison is like, such a jerk. <laughs> like, you know the concept that, like, jail makes you a criminal? So he's been in hell for, like, like for five decades now. And it's, like, the 1980s. Um, I think, yeah, about maybe six decades. I don't know. I forget when he died. Um, I should probably know that. <laughs> I have it written down somewhere. But he's been in hell for so long that he's just adapted to the horribleness of hell. And it's made him, like, this evil MacGyver. It's just, it's, it's so much fun. Wow. And so that's cool, man. That's such a fun concept. Uh, is that going to be kickstarting? Sorry. Yeah, I think what we'll just... do is we'll probably kickstart um, the first trade because um, yep. issue three will be done. So we'll yep. kickstart the first trade of that. Um, it'll be good to actually hold it because we haven't published any physical copies of that. But um, I guess when issue four is ready to roll, we'll do that again. Thank goodness Julian built this little following with. Um, with his Martian comics universe. Cause he has like a hundred or 200 very like dedicated um, donors that always come back. So that when um, the tessellation came out through Martian lit, a lot of them came over there. So he's been really building this for a long time. So every time we have a new book, it's pretty much a no brainer to just say, I mean, Kickstarter is not only great for raising money, it's just a great kind of coming out party. It's like a little advertisement, you know, exactly. and um, he's built a little community there. So, yeah, there'll probably be a Kickstarter for that. Nice, man. Nice. And then so, Tessellation number two sometime next year. As well. Oh, amazing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep your eyes peeled, folks. Um, uh, go go follow Mike um, on uh, on Twitter and, and on Kickstarter. Sorry, man. On that old lame website, Twitter, at Mike Makes yes. Comics. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and he's going to be coming out with a TikTok account soon. So yeah. It'll just, be me. It'll just be me dancing. I'll have one hand like right behind my skull, and the other hand will be on my ankle. And I'll just be kind of pulling my ankle back over and over again. And I'll just do that dance for like two minutes. <laughs> and watch the hits and, and the hearts and the thumbs-ups roll in. Yeah, right. I, I, I want to see you attempt to floss. 
something like that. You know, Nobody's seen... probably too old now anyway. But, you know, <laughs> I think I'd probably be arrested. Else, I'd be arrested if I tried. Yeah, maybe. Maybe you're right. Probably best not to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anybody over 40 is allowed to do any kind of dancing ever or like a yeah. teenager somewhere. And, uh, unless, unless you're just clicking your fingers and sidestepping. <laughs> like, just don't do anything else. Doing the Carlton <laughs> dance? Yeah. No, exactly. a teenager somewhere will cringe to death if they see me do that, but <laughs> uh, it's all fun and games isn't it um but uh mike thank you so much for returning um to, to come to the apocalypse in, during this uh special edition of comics for the pandemic and um yeah man um you're, you're welcome to come back on any time um and we'd love to get you back on to talk about tessellation um and, uh, and everything else you got going on it would be my pleasure it's always it's always fun coming here and thank you so much for having me on my pleasure, Mike. You take care, man. Speak to you soon. Thanks again to Mike for being on Comics for the Pandemic. It was an absolute pleasure. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but I believe that it helps make other people aware of the show as well. And if you'd like to check out Mike's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and lots of other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now. <laughs>